I'm breaking it in half. No. No? I want you to share it. Forever. Sure, Pop, sure. Here, uh, you carry it the first 50 years. I'll take it the next. If you're a fan of this podcast, be like Papa Smuntz and share it. This is Mouse on Spoilers. <laughs> the man lay there dying in real life. And this Dude. is how you treat him. Okay, first off, I think he would be smiling a lot right now that this is getting some love on a podcast. Don't you think? This painting is smiling. Mm-hmm. Wait, sure. so that's real? Papa Smuntz was really dying? Yeah, he died yes. like literally a month after filming wrapped. He never saw the movie. That's There's like an end thing that says in memory of him. Yeah. Are you sad, Josh? Do you think he's alive now? Surely you didn't think he was still alive. <laughs> Actually, he was a method actor. <laughs> this last role. Well, Brett wasn't on the pod, so I didn't expect this. And I wasn't ready to get jokey about it. I just heard about it. Got to let it sink in a little bit. All right. Well, this is your host, Stevie. What a whirlwind of emotions Ooh. from that spoiler. But we're spoiling... One of my favorite holiday films. I know it's not a common one, but it is the 1997 classic Mouse Hunt. Gorkor, Rabinsky at the Gorkor. helm. You have Nathan Lane, Christopher Walken, Lee Evans from There's Something About Mary. Great movie to discuss. Opening question tonight, boys. We're going to go east to east. What is your experience with a mouse? Would you kill a mouse or no? Who's east this? I think it's technically me. Sure. But I don't usually go eat this. <laughs> All right, I'll go. <laughs> Josh was not going. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> this is Pappy, who alternates between Weestus and Eastus, depending <laughs> on what's convenient for everybody else. You just else moved. We're getting used to it. First of all, William Hickley was the name of the guy who died. So RIP him, known as Lewis from Christmas Vacation. Fantastic in that. Um, Share it. I don't, I mean, I've seen a mouse before. I think I've lived in places that have had a mouse. I've never killed a mouse. I mean, if it was like on site and that mouse was trying to fight me, I, I would <laughs> definitely site. kill a mouse. But I, I would make every attempt to just like trap and release the mouse, no. I guess. I, I don't really, you know, I'm not freaked out by mice. I don't, you obviously can't live in a space with rodents right so something's got to give there but i i wouldn't try and kill a mouse if possible something's got to (laughs) give if it's me or this mouse it's gonna be me i'll put it that way though (laughs) mikey what do you think here mikey is definitely weaster than you what's happening dude i've like never been okay i'll go (laughs) I am a full-on dad, as we've talked about on this podcast before, and I've killed many a mouse. Wow. Um, wow. With your bare hands? I could probably make a suit. <laughs> I could make a suit of all the mouse carcass leather I have. Okay. Uh, no, seriously. How, do you, how, have, how have you killed them? Traps. Like traps? Okay. If you have ever seen a mouse on the run, you know that a human has no chance to just like Catch grab it quick, or bro. run it down. That's just bullshit. So you set traps. I've caught them um, in standard traps. We've used poison. We had these ones that they just like run over and stick on and they can't get away. So they just like die That's there. Awful. Um, that sounds like the least human. Yeah, I've seen really some like dirty bro. 
I've seen some like messed up stuff where like the snap trap like hits them like right in front or behind the eyeballs and they're just like bugging. I've seen one <laughs> Josh. I've <laughs> seen one that was still like twitching its leg oh, and it my was God. like Yep, yep. And I've seen one that looked like it had just like kind of got stuck and just starved to death there because it's pretty much a skeleton by the time I saw it. A skeleton uh, mouse? <laughs> what? <laughs> how, why, how infrequently are well, you checking on. these drafts? So we live the great by... great dragon mouse just you guys, sitting in your house. Josh really enjoyed the walk-in part of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did actually. Uh, you guys know that we live by woods and in the winter they just try to get in and every year we like bolster our defenses and like when i was a, when i was a young person living in a house like it's hard to get used to everything so yeah there were mistakes made pap in the past but we've been trying to shore that up over the years and i think we've gotten better and i'm not quite christopher walken status yet but um we track them down we find the holes that they get into we we put foam in them we put like this what is that wool wire stuff yeah we put steel wool in there then the foam so that like if they bite on it they're like oh i hate that Mm. i'm never going again Mm. and like i said the poison is the one that's like kind of the freakiest to me because they might bite it and then just kind of like uh like stroke out like later i'll tell you how it happens (laughs) in a little bit it's really sad oh gosh Poor Ratatouille. Poor Sorry, Ratatouille. I went really long there, but I just have a lot of experience with that. So, um, quick shout out to buddy CJ Schaefer. I ripped on him for his terrible movie taste a couple mo- episodes back. The but, Burbs? Was it that yeah, episode? Yeah, it was. But he, at his old house, had more mice than me. And he literally <laughs> had a thing where he was like in his mind teaching the other mice a lesson and after he would catch one he would like nail it to the back of his shed no are you serious that's what they do in ratatouille dude he so they were they were closer to 20 than 10 back there but it seems like it wasn't working if he kept (laughs) getting more mice like (sighs) well Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have nearly fucked up stories like no, that. Josh talking about my, my friend mice. Dahmer over there. Jeez. <clears throat> <laughs> um, yes, I've had mice before. Mikey recording from Goshen, Indiana. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't like killing uh, animals. But, I mean, if they're getting in your house, there's almost, like, not much you can do about it. And I don't know. Just m- mice, there's millions of mice i'm i don't feel so bad about killing mice or i don't know honestly the only place we've really had a mouse problem we had an outdoor cat and it caught a bunch of mice so we didn't really we didn't really have to set anything up but um yeah i would rather not do cats really eat mice yeah they kind of just like leave it as a present for you and our outdoor cat did that at least and just like left it outside but <laughs> they do it for you the term in the movie is thrown out like mouser. And I think that like some cats have that like gene where they will actually like chase their ass down, but some don't. Was your cat similar to the cat in mouse up Mikey? Uh, it was an orange cat, orange 
just outdoor cat. I think it was just like a neighborhood cat, but it like hanged around our house a lot. Mm, like it, we never let it inside or anything, but it would just regularly catch stuff and just like leave it on your porch. I'm sure it did it for like everybody in the neighborhood. So you were his favorite. Pap, you Probably. grew up with many a cat though. Were any of your cats mouse chasers? Uh, we had a cat named Kitty who we put oh, on a leash. Uh, in our front yard and backyard, and Kitty was a prolific catcher of chipmunks. <laughs> Many a time, there would be a chipmunk caught in Kitty's mouth, and my mom would have to pry oh it out God. of Kitty's mouth. And Jeez. one time, she was like, she had these gloves on, she pried the chipmunk out of Kitty's mouth, and she was holding it by the tail, and she went to toss it into the burn pile, and the tail snapped off, and the chipmunk then ran away <laughs> after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. So the resilient little crit- critters, chipmunks, don't count them out. I have a quick anecdote about cats, if you don't mind, Stevie. It's your Dude, host. Please. But my friend Jesse lives out in the country, not to dox him, but he he like really opened my eyes to the wide array of like <laughs> intelligence, like just within cats. He moved mm. into a house with a barn and the previous owner was just like feeding all these barn cats. They were like... 90 out there oh my god oh my god dude he had to go to town on them what <laughs> in a bunch of different ways but mostly just shooting them He's shooting cats? yeah he had to <laughs> he you know, had to what? he had to kill the cats <laughs> made him enough i couldn't refuse <laughs> out of the out of the 90 i forget if he said there were two or three i think it was just two were smart enough every time they ever saw him with a gun they would like head for the hills <laughs> But if he was just like out what there the with fuck? his, if he was just out there with his kid, or just like walking with a like unarmed, they would like come out there and get pet and shit. Is wild stuff, man. But he would have shot those cats. <laughs> Still, if they wouldn't have run one Do, day, he actually they keep cats. Were they like all feral cats? Dude, feral cats are an issue in this area. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, he t- and cats can have some pretty gross diseases yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, and them. they were just starting to have kids, and he was like, "As a man, I have to take care of this." The man, the old man way. I won't tell you all the ways he killed them, because uh, at least on the pod, no, 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 like, no, no please way. tell. Dude, it's too bad. How would he? Sorry, how would he dispose of the bodies of the cats? Uh, throw it out into the woods, and like predators would or vultures would get it. Or something. So it's really is attracting coyotes better than having. Yeah, you're cats? just inviting coyotes into a constant feeding ground. Potentially <laughs> a mountain lion. Even cats are known to eat their own for sure. I think having some big predators like that around is actually kind of necessary to like have a like a healthy ecosystem. Uh, but the cats were also like killing his chickens and like like uh, you said. I think okay. the disease thing is a big yeah, deal. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah. Circle of life. Yeah. Just don't let it get to 90 cats before you do something about it. That's Then it's just bizarre, I guess, going on a rampage. Kind of like a Red Dead Redemption like side quest. Oh, my God. <laughs> so when they're like, Kill Marston, all the feral Mr. cats Marston. on the ranch. We got cats all over this year, ranch. <laughs> Take them out for me. You can stay the night. Dead eye mode. He was <laughs> on with all. Molotov cocktails. <laughs> I love cats, for the record, by the way. He does, too. I was going to say, they kept some, they took some of them out and raised them as kittens, and they still have like their offspring to this day. That but sounds like, like torture. The, the rest were just a hazard. The other 88. Gosh, I don't, I don't like your friends. I'm <laughs> just going to be straight Dude. up. Yeah. 
<laughs> your friends fucking scare me, bro. I've never <laughs> killed a mammal, for the record. I've never laid, never killed a mammal, I don't think. Mm, Maybe a rat. Uh, I've hit a raccoon, that was, and I felt bad about it. Hmm. They're actually kind of friendly. I know they're destructive, but raccoons are actually kind of friendly. But Josh, <laughs> uh, mouse poison? Yeah, it's, oh, it's no. terrifying to see them go, dude. Stevie, I think we should save that for like very end of pod. I think that would be a good cherry. Can we pod. tag PETA in this episode when we post it? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be doing a formal investigation. Let's just keep teasing out that mouse poison no. explanation. <laughs> just get it over with. Because at work, it's surrounded by a lot of woods. And there's mouse poison everywhere. And sometimes when you come in in the morning... You see them fighting for breath, and it's real sad. Are there not are there not substances you could give them that would be instantaneous death? Why it's, is it always it's pretty quick? Mm. It just they turn over on their sounds like they suffer. They do. <laughs> they turn over on their back, and they're just like, <gasps> and they they go. It's always pretty. No mice were harmed in the making of this podcast. Do you ever uh, ease their uh, pain and? Snuff them out, Stevie. Dude, I always get like super broken hearted when I see a mouse in the ground. It's, it's sad. like one or two times a year at work when you see like, oh, they got a mouse, but it's it's always super sad. So when I lived in downtown Denver, <laughs> I saw hella rats, like rats Ugh. everywhere, like rat dogs all the time. Yeah, big rats, and I I rats are gross looking. Mice, Ugh. I think, are kind of cute looking. Voles are adorable. Like I think not liking rats is almost like an instinctual thing from like the Black Plague or something, you know? It's like, but like mice are mice are cute. Yeah, I, I felt bad. When we were living at my in-laws, um, we were down there in our first winter and they, mice got down there. And I'll never forget, I like pressure loaded this one trap to like, literally if a whisker fell on it, this trap was going. And I remember it was like three in the morning. I just heard bang. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, like the brother schmaltz in the night. I felt so yep. bad. This poor little, like Josh, when you said, like when sometimes it gets behind their eyes, it it was a tad Eek. heartbreaking, dude. Like this mouse didn't stand a chance. Instantaneous, like fatality. See, that's I feel like that's, that's for better. the best. That's, oh, yeah. yeah, you feel kind of bad because their head exploded, but you know, can't have mice down there living with me. You know, gotta kill them. I think my wife is a tad above April, <laughs> but like, dude, uh, wives will put the pressure on you as far as uh, getting rid of these animals, man. It's basically like cave lady mentality. You are the husband. Kill animal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like worst case scenario is like you don't want that thing biting your kid or something. Yeah, that's like yeah. worst case pooping scenario. In your, in their yeah, food. pooping no, in your food. Worst case is pooping in the food. Yeah, that's best case scenario. Worse. You make a lifelong friend. Yeah, you get a ratatouille in the end. <laughs> the quality control of the cheese factor. All right, let's get into this movie. Paps, start us off. How ridiculous is this opening? The movie lets you know the exact kind of movie. That is. I guess we should we should also mention the opening quote: "A world without string is chaos," Scary. which is just so, which is just so <laughs> funny. Uh, R.I.P. <laughs> but we see the um, aforementioned what William Hickley, the the old schmaltz, 
We're, we're at his funeral. Schmunts. Sorry. The old schmunts at his funeral. And we get a little taste of the, the characters. I, I don't know if you want me to get too far into them. Nathan Lane Please. and Lee Evans. Um, I'll, I'll let someone else talk through those because they're good. But, but long story short, you, you mentioned like the tone. First of all, this does look like a Gore Verbinski movie, <laughs> I think, in this scene, right? Like if this shot kind of feels like it could be in the ring, <laughs> like unironically. And I feel like it wouldn't be that out of place until the dead body goes flying out of the <laughs> casket and into a storm drain. But we, we meet our characters here, like I said, Nathan Lane uh, and Lee, uh, what was his name? Evans. Lee Evans. Dude, some of those shots of the storm drain are like the ring, huh? Like looking down. And it looks exactly like oh it. Oh my gosh. This movie is the reason why that. he got hired. <laughs> I, Stevie, I was not on board here because I almost got kind of angry. Like that feeling of like, oh, this is kind of like a kid's movie. But then there's like just this dead body <laughs> shot in the air. And it's like, dude, I don't want to show my daughters this immediately. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I would say it's not for children, children, because uh, I guess there's a lot of comedic violence and stuff and <laughs> some sexuality. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, yeah. But like for like a 13 year old boy or something, he's, I, I was cracking up when that body flew into the air and straight down that sewer. <laughs> and it lets you know the exact kind of movie that you're getting into, right? At this point, you're either on board or you're not. I'm glad you came around, Josh. But this is very telling of the tone. That's what's to come. I was just a big fan of the snappy dialogue in this movie, mm-hmm. especially in the beginning when it's two brothers carrying their dead father like out of a church in a storm. And right away, Nathan Lane's going on his brother for not wearing a black suit. It's just stuff like that that just cracks me up. It's charcoal. It's gray. It's black. Fine. It's, it's, what does he say? It's black. It's the grayest black I've ever seen. Also, great opening title card, The Mouse Hunt Made Out of String. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, this movie hits on like a couple like running jokes, right? And the string is like so well used throughout, too. It's such a weird concept, too, a string factory. Also, when does this movie take place? Dude, is, that, what- that was going to be my comment. I was like, does this take place in the Batman animated Dude, series universe? Yes. <laughs> yeah. The way yeah. they dress is like 40s, basically. And, and when they go to that, like, uh, the pet shelter, there's like <laughs> a, a video camera that's like, looks like it's from the future. So it's like, that almost fits in the Batman universe as well. That Batman universe as well. It's kind of like um, It Follows in that. I, I've looked at it like It Follows. Yeah. Where it, it's just grabbing from tons of different decades to kind of serve itself. And I love that. It feels kind of timeless in a way, right? It's mm-hmm. just the past. At yeah, because even just like Ern, um, Lars's car, kind of like an old school, like, you know, awful yellow, I guess you call it bug wagon. I don't even know how to describe that car. But like also when they go to Shea Ernie, um, you know, at the restaurant, there's like 90s sedans in the background. But yeah. And feeding the mayor. That's like such a Batman thing. Yeah, but like, like there's like flash bulbs coming out when they're taking pictures of them. It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to hate me for this. Yeah. Tim Burton inspired visuals? Question mark. Oh. Especially that opening factory sequence. The opening factory sequence for sure. That before we get there though, Stevie, because mm-hmm. we need to. I want to know about your thoughts on the Catholicism here because it <laughs> it starts off pretty strong 
I don't know if it goes all the way through, but uh, I mean, you mentioned it kind of teasing Brett in the thread, and I know you have some thoughts here. Wait, really? really? Didn't you say like Brett didn't like this movie because it was like a Catholic murder mystery? No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I said he was petty about it because I gave his like Catholic murder terrorist fantasy a no in Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints. Uh, yeah. Our so last it- movie game episode picked by host Kylo Ren. Your Catholic murder movie is good, though. I mean, is this a Catholic murder movie? <laughs> no one gets it's murdered. two brothers trying to assassinate one mouse. I mean... They don't have the heart to do it, though. Yeah, they're... they're Unlike Josh, who just murders just mice. murking mice left and right. By hook or by crook, as long as they go down. But, like, when what year do you think this got, like this takes place? Though? They said, like... The house is built in 1876, and it's a centennial. It's a centennial house. house. So, but they don't dress like the 70s no. or the 80s no. at all. They dress like they dress like legit 40s and 50s. It's kind of fun in that regard. Is Larue real? Charles Lyle oh. Larue, or is that just like an old Frank Lloyd Wright kind of archetype or something? I think it was like the three name architect type deal. <laughs> They say that name so many times. I freaking love it. The missing LaRue. The shoes, they LaRue? Nobody would have loved them. No, but I'm sure you'd love them. (laughs) (laughs) Mikey, what do they inherit from old man smuts? Uh, Well, first, a lot of garbage. Uh, There's like an egg and a lot of useless stuff. (laughs) Spoons! And a box... A box of cigars that ultimately ruins Nathan Lane's career uh, with a cockroach in it. Uh, but the main thing they get is a, a dumpy house that ultimately has a lot of value because it was built by this LaRue guy that Josh mentioned. They're blueprints. Wow. Wait a minute. Look at this date. 1876. A centennial house could actually be worth something. Look, this must be the architect. Here, look. Charles La LaRue. Charles Lyle LaRue. Charles Lyle Charles Lyle I do love that line. As someone who's like loves, I wouldn't say banking, but just like real estate and how like borrowing loans works, I love it when <laughs> the uh, real estate uh, trust guys like. It was worth $50,000 when he purchased it. Uh, but like, what's it worth now? Zero. He borrowed $50,000 to pay his workers. <laughs> <laughs> so is the string factory not successful? Like, is the string factory just in a tailspin it's at this point? It's not profitable. But there's a lot of small business owners that feel, it, it's even very true today, that feel responsible for their workers. So... Papa Smunt's like literally borrowing against a house to make sure his workers could like survive and feed their families is very, very on track. At the same time, Twine is the future. (laughs) It seems like he was a really good job at retaining employees, seeing as every employee was 95 years old. Why is that? (laughs) Great track record. Is there a joke I don't know about that? What do you mean? Like, why is every worker... Literally knocking on death's door with Papa Smuts. Because none of them. a long time. 
none of them left their job. He was such a good employer. Papa, Steve. no, so Papa loyal. Spons paid slave wages. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> nobody could retire. It's actually a company town, Stringtown, USA. <laughs> he owns the houses. He owns the the shop. Well, Pap, you're hitting a lot of things that make sense for small business owners. Like especially in this area, there's so many businesses that like own like housing districts. I just don't get why. I mean, they should have sold that factory, right? And I know we haven't gotten in the characters yet. I think Nathan Lane's way better than Lee Evans in this movie. Not anything against Lee Evans, but I think his character's a little like inconsistent, right? Because yeah. like Nathan Lane's just kind of an asshole. At first, we kind of like Lee Evans, but then he goes all out murder mouse, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like he, he like loses his shit very quickly. He, ugh, the way I looked at it. I mean, I think this is a four quadrant film for like the whole family. I think Lee Evans was for the kids, and I think Nathan Lane was like for the adults that like took the kids to the theater. If that makes sense. Lee Evans talks about fucking a girl like in a nature movie, like do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. <laughs> He's... Did did you like the Lion King references in this, Stevie? Oh, when he says Akuna Matata. Yeah, he's like, oh, I know a company that uses a mouse as a spokesperson yeah. at the very end. Well, it it makes me laugh because DreamWorks made this movie, and um, Katzenberg Katzenberg was the founder of DreamWorks or co-founder. So I think it's funny that he was like taking shots, taking shots while also <laughs> still getting paid by the very movie he's making fun of. Yeah, because he owned he got one percent, two percent, everything that lot. Of everything the wow. Lion King made, so including the royalties. Of Lifetime Sing. annuity for yeah. all projects he was behind. So, <laughs> if you didn't know, okay, let me just for the listener. Nathan Lane is like one of the two main brothers in this movie, and he's also Timon. Mm. And so you will recognize his voice. Jacuzzi tub, Lars. It's a jacuzzi tub, and this isn't just a house; it's a Larue. Of course, it fits in with the decor. Luxury is timeless. And Stevie, his even in this, his voice like stands out as like kind of a cut above. It's very brand branded or something. He has a great voice, and mm-hmm. just his range of comedy in this movie, I think, is really great. And I don't know about you guys. I I got annoyed by Lee Evans from time to time. At least his character. Like I thought his character, like Pap said, was super inconsistent. I don't believe it. He snapped the trap, ate the olive, and left the pit just to mock us. I have a big problem with this character because I feel like the humor is so slapstick and so much of it is derived of like these two people getting hurt. Mm-hmm. But when you empathize with Lars, Lee Evans, it's hard to root for him getting beat up, right? And so like when he goes full mouse murderer, it doesn't really make sense. You know what I mean? Like I wish they were both kind of like bad guys, but in different ways, and then give them both an arc to be good guys. You know what I mean? Rather than the one guy being being good. Like maybe they're trying to undercut each other, selling the factory like, or something. L- Lee Evans in this universe eventually turns into the Joker. <laughs> So, <laughs> we live cop. in a mouse society. <laughs> yeah, Josh, what do you make of uh, what you make of Shay Ernie before we actually get to the house with the mouse? Which one is Shay Ernie? It's when Nathan Lane's doing a stupid accent at the restaurant. The mayor and like <laughs> uh, 
Wait, is that his restaurant's name? Yeah, mm-hmm. Shea Ernie. Oh, okay. So Nathan Lane is like, he's made a couple references that he's like, just made it to the top. <laughs> so he's newly named maybe head chef or something like that at a swanky restaurant. New money. And long story short is coincidences happen. And in front of a huge <laughs> press, <laughs> like wall of press and cameras, he feeds the mayor a cockroach, a highly CGI'd cockroach, I highly. might add. And the mayor subsequently dies of like a shock and heart attack or something. Ew, look! A cockroach! What happened? That's only half a cockroach. Daddy, you eat the head. Honey, are you okay? How do we feel about that CGI, though? Is it... Ebert said in his review, which I did look up because I was curious, Ebert hated this movie. What? By the way. But he said the CGI was good for its like good for the time. Which I feel like it, it sticks out like a sore thumb to me. At least the cockroach CGI. I it's remember terrible. A, I remember as a child being horrified at this scene. Yes. This is a v- <laughs> and <laughs> it was up. almost like oh. trigger yeah, almost triggering again as an adult. It's very disgusting to me. Uh, okay, that shot is great, Mikey. When he pukes up on the table and it crawls away. But yeah. why does the fork? Why can't they use a practical rubber freaking little? I don't cockroach think they had the technology. That? Well, maybe a a rubber mold. <laughs> it's not I, I, I mean, they're not going to chop a a cockroach in half. You're not going to get it practical. Uh, but I think everything else CGI in this movie looks really freaking Especially good. Especially the mouse. Yeah, everything else is like incredible in this movie. What did Ebert have Besides against this movie? Chap? Ebert said that he he didn't know who to root for, the mouse or the people, and he said that basically some of the CGI was used as a crutch, and he didn't say this word, but almost as like a proof of concept, and that the movie would have been better. He, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes Ebert is definitely like, old man, get off my lawn, <laughs> shakes his fist at the sun. And he's just like, in the old days, this would have been a movie where you barely saw the mouse and would have been more about the brothers. But we spend a lot of time looking at the mouse, albeit cute. That so was like my I, favorite shot is his little apartment. It's his like, little that, bed? That That's was adorable. amazing. I love that. Wait, the mouse is people, though. He's missing the whole point. Like, he <laughs> is people. Yeah, that's that's bold coming from a man who's killed many, many mouses. <laughs> Millions of if mine. any of those were people, they wouldn't have eaten the poison or run over that glue shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> Survival of the fittest. I'm the not gonna lie, puzzle. like not all CGI is great, like the cockroach, but I do like the nails going into his apartment, like as he's just trying to slumber and look at the girl from Hawaii. To be honest, I wonder if it's like. Almost like a proof of concept for like Spielberg in the studio. You know what I mean? It's like, can we gonna do make it? this like, what was it? Do you know what the budget on this was? I have no idea. Um, Wiki says 38 million. That sounds about right. And then it That's made pretty 100, high. 122. Yeah. It's like mid budget movie, good cast. Let's just see what we can do type thing. It made you know 122. I mean? 
That's a box office. Wow. One twenty two. I might agree with you, Pap, if that wasn't possibly the best scene in the movie when the when he goes back there, and first of all, if you have closed captions on, there are so many kind of like hidden jokes that you wouldn't even mm-hmm. be able to like hear otherwise. But that you see the mouse's light, like full layer, and honestly, it's like a teenager's like room, and he's like staring at this Hawaiian poster with this woman, <laughs> yeah. and you get this sense like this is like a reincarnated old man. This is Larue, is what I thought. This is Larue. I, th- I thought it might have been their dad, but they remember a lover from the past who like had an effect on them. And like, it's really jarring when these nails start just coming through and you're, you're kind of like him. Like you don't even realize like what it even possibly could be at first when they're just like flying through the wall. And I don't know, this might've been one of the scenes that really turned me Stevie. I thought it was like fantastic. Thank you, Josh. I'm glad to hear that. I don't know how you could hate it. It's so, I don't know. It's just so cute, and then it's so terrifying. Brett, for the record, gave us one and a half out of five stars. Oh, my gosh. Are we going to read his review? Did he write anything or just give it one and a half? I'll read his review. Give me two seconds. Is it because the handling of the guns in this movie is so poor? Not proper gun safety. <laughs> Hear it. What? Everybody's a terrible <laughs> shot. What is this roster mouse hunt we're watching right now? Dude, we agreed to... St- I Lay never, off. I never agreed. <laughs> Brett Kelly, 1.5 out of 5 stars on Letterbox. I'm sad I'll never get that 92 minutes back. Give me a break. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well thought out review, by the way. That is that is out of spite for some reason. With one like, guess who? Guess who? Dave Mello. Kylo underscore Ren underscore memes. The only... Both of them are banned. They're fired. Both not on the episode tonight. Also, this would be the kind of movie Kylo would hate, though. I'm not surprised at that. Because of the comedy? Dude, I mean, this is like a very slapstick movie. But there are some great pap. I mean, think about like the walking through Christmas, like walking town, walking to town through Christmas time. Like there's some great lines in there. (laughs) There's a lot of irony, right, in the script when like he's talking about like, Society always needs a scapegoat, someone to blame. And then he comes across the homeless guy on the next corner. He's like, look at this bum sleeping in the street. I think someone like Kylo, though, is going to just absolutely hate Lee Evans, and he's never going to grow on him. And every time he sees his like rubber-faced expressions, he's going to like cringe so hard and just like smolder inside, dude. Yeah, Kylo would give us a I no, just love that line, though, sure. of, you know... <laughs> of Ernie Nathan Lane going, look at this bum sleeping on the street, pitiful. And as they're walking away, the homeless guy goes, "If I had a home, I'd sleep there." <laughs> it's just little stuff like that cracks me up. But also, great transition coming out of that scene where they yes. show the house on the cake, and then it like crossfades to like the house on the hill. What's that cut called? Like the Josh? Same. Is it a match cut? Uh, yeah, I guess. There's a there's like a lot of action, like good action cuts too. When April is kicking Lars out of the house, mm. she like whips to the side really quick, and it's cut to like the suitcase like plopping down on the bed. And then when she says, "I'm packing this for you," and shuts it, it like cuts to the door like slamming in his face. 
there is like some thoughtful movie making in here amidst all the mouse hunt. It's a <laughs> it's good a well movie. made Dude, movie. Stevie, Stevie, I want to talk about it. Gore Verbinski. Now, what is this? Four, five, five, I think. And we're probably gonna end up doing pirates. Oh, for sure. Like, what do you? Was this like one of his first movies? Like, what do you do? You think he? What do you think drew him to this? Like, what? Like, was he just trying? Because he has such a weird career. This is so outside of the norm. This is literally his well, first like major. I think Gore. This isn't a knock on Gore. I think he's much in the vein of Ridley Scott, which is okay. I like the concept, but there's some things I want to try with the camera, and this is an opportunity to do it. Ridley Scott's very much that way. Gore Verbinski's that way. But I think Gore puts a lot of thought into his sets more than Ridley Scott does. Both his kids' movies are really weird, like Mouse Hunt and Rango. But he also like clearly loves production design. Yes. Like on like the Pirates movies too. And they both slap. I agree though, Stevie. His sets are thought out, but I mentioned this on the ring. Over the top, I think. And for me in a comedy that works extremely well, especially over the to long its benefit. Haul. Over the movie, yes. It just keeps just grinding it in. In a in a horror movie, <laughs> it kind of continually just takes you out of the movie, so it gets like worse and worse or something. It's odd. A Cure for Wellness is not a good movie. No, but the set design is amazing. But Rango is one of our favorites. Rango. But the brothers get to the house. Hijinks ensue. You know, Nathan Lane throws out the line, you know, thanks for nothing, you loony old bin. And this is where I can see Kylo and Josh hating the slapstick in the attic. Did you guys, like, mind it as much as I imagine those two did? It's coming from up there. I mean, they're just like, what? They're Abbott and Costello in this scene. Like, they're just, it's just physical comedy. uh, But all of the physical comedy in this movie just kind of like moves the plot along. Like, it's all within action of chasing the mouse or, I don't know, like them flying out of the house in the bathtub or something. Like, I don't know. It's It's kind of amazing how much physical comedy is in this movie. Especially like Nathan Lane is not a young guy. Uh, he's, oh, he's flying all. He's crashing into stuff. I don't know. That's a good point, though, Mike. You say like the physical comedy drives the story. I mean, without the physical comedy, Nathan Lane doesn't find the prince. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Three Stooges esque, right? Well, like, Stevie, this is a Christmas movie, right? Mm-hmm. It is a Christmas. We're going to be airing this. I don't know who's editing this, but it hopefully on it co- Christmas Day Let's it go. will come out. Okay, I want to mention another Christmas movie that this reminds me of, especially this act of the movie, and that's Home Alone. Um, just like <laughs> Macaulay Culkin is the mouse, and he's stopping two intruders and just beating the shit out of them over and over. But the difference is, and when I was younger, I don't know what you called it, Stevie, or if any of you guys ever did this, we would put in the VHS of Home Alone and we would just fast forward it to what we called the good parts. And it started like right when the robbers started trying to get into the house. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Mouse Hunt starts with the good parts, like 
20, 30 minutes in, right? Oh! 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 It's just a mouse. What? It's just a mouse. Never mind. Hey, there's some posters up here. Stand still. I can't mention Home Alone, though, in the good parts, because I would fast forward Home Alone 2 when he's in like kind of the uh, the house that's being renovated, the renovated house, and he's dropping yeah. down the paint cans. And then all of a sudden, he drops this giant bar that gets him both square in the face. Like, that's that's my fast forward part. Josh really hit on something there, though, like the Home Alone aspect. Kylo talks about this on Big Dumb Movie all the time, but there was like a ripple effect of home alone i feel like like them getting beat up by this mouse like especially the traps in the kitchen that are like that feels so home alone home alone was a catalyst for the collector (laughs) (laughs) it all comes back to home alone it's just a prank bro yep the prank the the prank universe the prankiverse got mouse hunt (laughs) home alone's collector series rare air but Find the prince, we find out about Charles Lyle LaRue. Josh, did you like this montage kind of effect of, I won't call it a montage, but just the breakdown of Charles Lyle LaRue fever? Uh, Kind of like as they're discovering it and there's different like kind of investors just meandering <laughs> yeah. around this house. Uh, I, I guess I could just, one of the marks, I, Okay, this is crazy, but comparing this to Tarantino film. But we've talked about, like, if little characters that you don't even know their name or their name is never said are memorable and stick out to you, Mm -hmm. then it's probably a good movie. But there are several of these investors (laughs) that I can just remember and will probably (laughs) be in my memory for a couple of years. Like, specifically the Russian. He really wants to give them $10 million. He multi- he offers that to them multiple times. <laughs> like, $10 million right now, house is mine, done deal. But um, They're off by a whole decimal point, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah. Conversation. <laughs> Which, Which, I don't know when this movie is supposed to take place, but that seems like a lot of money lot of anytime, money. especially in the past-ish time. If someone may not have seen the movie, Pap, what do you mean? They're off by a decimal point. So I think the first guy, this guy's like a famous character actor too, right? The guy who's like taking him. He's the clown from Airbud, the cabaret guy from Fisher King. Mm. So he's like very stuck up and not a fan of Nathan Lane, especially (laughs) his lack of knowledge. But that's the great thing about the Nathan Lane character. He's such a, um, I don't want to say pariah, but he's like a fast learner and like will like just repeat things back right away. The ultimate bullshitter. He's like bullshitting about Larue to the to the Spanish guy, and I think he throws out like it's worth six hundred or so. What, what does he say? Uh, six. He's like his, six. his last home went for six, but it didn't have this exquisite molding. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think a magnificent edifice like this is worth? Properly restored, of course. Well, his Parmaternal house went for six, but that was ten years ago, and it didn't have this exquisite molding. I see. 
and Nathan Lane assumes they're talking about six hundred thousand dollars, but they're really talking about six million dollars. And when this goes to auction, it goes way, way, way above that. So they're sitting on a gold mine at this point. The answer to all their problems. They need to renovate this house badly. Mikey, how does this go for him? Uh, well, to save money, they're doing it themselves, and they're not very good at it. And Nathan Lane uh, pretty much blows the budget on just a, a tub, a jacuzzi tub. Uh, that Dumb is like, and dumber moment. Yeah, that is like almost immediately yeah. ruined uh, by... How, what happens? They just, Oh, the mouse scares him, and yep. they fall down the stairs. Yeah. They don't just fall down the stairs. They luge down in like two miles worth of hills and end up at the bottom of a frozen lake, dude. <laughs> I know it's kid-like, but I actually do like the camera work of that part when they're going down the hill. Like, I know we take it for- gr- I was having a blast. I know we take it for granted of like, you know, CGI can do anything. But I think being able to do stuff practically and make it look like it's happening in real time is a, it's an art form. So good for Gore, Verbins- Gore Verbinski. I think he pulled that. Well, how great, is the call- how great is the callback Dude. to that later when Nathan yeah. gets shot <laughs> out of the cannon awesome. and he sees the lady in the tub? Like that, that shot alone had to be so much work. You know what I mean? To get Nathan Lane underwater next to that jacuzzi that was at the bottom of a frozen lake. I agree that the cardboard lady actually adds a lot of like texture to both that scene and the callback too. It almost reminds me of like a Christmas story, another Christmas movie, just like the lampshade lake. And then it also just like another twist of the knife is when they find out that like they owe 1200 for the, <laughs> the foreclosure and that's exactly how much the jacuzzi tub cost. Isn't that how much the wolf weighed too? 1200? 1200. <laughs> Everything's 1200. <laughs> Can we talk about the uh, mousetrap scene? Please. Pap, what's going on? It's... I I had seen this scene before somehow. And this movie has a lot of, like, spinning on a thing shots. There's a shot where, like, a quarter spins. There's a shot where, like, a cherry spins. But this feels like the most Home Alone. But also, like, practically incredibly intricate to set up right like there's that shot like multiple shots of them standing in the corner where there's there's literally this isn't cgi i don't think it's not it's it would be now it, now it would be but there's like hundreds of house traps set out like in front of them Josh, how would you get out of that situation? What would be your plan? I wouldn't get as low to the ground as possible. <laughs> no, yeah. I would stand up, let my feet and shoes get the brunt of the mouse traps, and just kind of kick them away, I guess. But instead, what we see in this film, and I know I'm being like kind of sardonic or like cynical here, but like I loved it. They're brothers. 
they've been like sleeping all night and they just kind of dive head first. <laughs> I love that too. All of these mouse traps just going crazy. And the thing is, it plays out almost exactly like he said it would for the mouse. Like if they start going out, he'll panic and at law of averages something, 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 he's bound to get hit by a couple <laughs> or something. <laughs> And but Stevie, one of the brothers has one on his like lip, and another on like his eyelid or something. Yeah, like, they go. It seems like that kind of would hurt the act. Like they're going all out here. <sighs> to me, I feel like if you're gonna put the characters in that situation, you have to punish them. And I think like showing the traps like on Lee Evans's, you know, all over his back and on his lip, where he's like, it just, I. I think it was a good choice by the filmmakers and the actors to just involve, like, I'm sure they weren't fully loaded mouse traps like on them, but to just show that I think was a good idea by the whole crew. But it's so hard to see Lee Evans get punished though, right? Like I know I've harped on this, but like he hasn't done anything wrong really at this point. And when you have Hitler with a tail in your house, like we all said we would kill a mouse. <laughs> If push came to shove. Like, Hasn't he already lied to his brother by this point? Hasn't yes. he already tried yeah. to kill the mouse multiple times? Um, Honoring his dad's legacy. Share it. Share it. <laughs> I, but like their, uh, their entire problem amounts to $1,200 and they have literally 100000 in the deal for the string factory. Like, those people are probably going to keep their job. They're just going to get bought out. They don't... Oh, no. They would not keep their job. Yeah, that's Let's true. They'd honest, fire all those old no, people. They'd be out on the streets in, a, in five minutes. The dad is an eccentric weirdo, yeah. right? Like, String is... He's insane. Did the dad yeah. know the mouse? Is the dad the mouse reincarnated? Yeah, and I think the dad is LaRue incarnated, right? Both unfinished business Mikey we talked a little bit about how the CGI looks for this movie (laughs) one thing I thought that stood out in a good way was the uh, vacuuming poop scene did you like that scene I I mean I know it's a gross scene but CGI wise did you think that looked good yeah I think it looked good uh I'm the only problem I had with it is like oh this mouse redirected this vacuum tube into this or I don't know. I just don't off know. screen too. Off screen. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I it looks pretty practical to me. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like a very, it's like a, a shot inside of the wall. Uh, I think the more crazy pre- uh, CGI shot is like the chimney shot. Mm-hmm. He, here's my two thoughts, two cents. Stevie, how much do you hate Illumination movies like Minions? <sighs> I like minions. I do not like Secret Life of Pets like or um whatchamacallit. It's another one that just came out too. But really I hate I hate Secret the Lorax pretty much. But anything that looks like that I hate. Yeah. And the the thing of it is though, is like they're often criticized because they leverage so much of like poop jokes and fart jokes, right? And Pixar never goes to that. But it's just like low-hanging fruit for a kid's movie to make like a poop joke or a throw-up joke like is this a little like too gross i thought this is like a little too gross for me like i i don't see the point like someone getting covered in. it wasn't mud so i was okay 
Um, it's poop. It's way worse than mud. <sighs> How's that possible? Mud on screen looks worse than poop, dude. Like, I don't know why. And I think the poop looked too bad. But it was like seaweed poop. What was going on? There? It looked terrible, the actually. When they answered great. the door, when they answered the door with like this, quote, sewage <laughs> all over them, it was terrible. Looks like you're off to a great start. <laughs> What's this? We're foreclosing on your house. You've quit paying your mortgage. Oh, wait a minute. I think there's been some mistake. This house is paid for. No, it was paid for, but you borrowed against it. If you don't pay the $1,200 overdue, we repossess it. Look, we don't have the time or the energy to deal with these petty problems. Now we're in the midst of an extensive renovation. Looks like you're off to a great start. The scene's still great, Stevie. It still made me laugh, but like, you know... <laughs> Like you're cognizant of like, wow, that doesn't look like poop or anything I've ever actually seen. It looks like before. kids. You know what I mean like kids would think that's poop, <sighs> but as an adult, you're just like, okay, not too bad. So you said the scene made you laugh. This is like not making me laugh at all because we have such great, ironic, snappy dialogue, and then we're just like covering our characters mm -hmm. in poop. I agree. It feels a little lazy to I me. Agree. But the one thing I think that helped it, much like Spielberg and ET, the score is really good in this movie. Yeah, yeah, Pap. What about the other poop joke? Christopher Walken taking yeah. a taste. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about that one? There's two poop jokes with that. That one, that one cracks me up. That Christopher Walken is just—he's great in this, and he's only in it for like five minutes. But he's <laughs> yeah. so listen good. for the for the two days Christopher Walken was on set. That's this movie soars. It's so hilarious. Like just even his pre like when he shows up, is so funny. Mm -hmm. Him eating the poop is so funny because it feels like something Christopher Walken might actually do type thing. There is great irony, though, when Nathan Lane throws that bug bomb back at him and he's just like, wow. And he was like, what, 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 what? He's like, that's the big one. And I, I just love the he the hesitancy of the two brothers being like, that's not an actual bomb, is it? <laughs> it is. The callback. Yeah, the callbacks are great, I think. There's a mini callback there, too, because he, okay, there's three mouse turds sitting on the floor, and Christopher Walken goes, he's so uncivilized for pooping in the dining room, <laughs> and then he sniffs the first turd, <laughs> and he, like, knows, he knows the sex of the mouse, <laughs> sniffs he's, the second turd. He's so pissed at the mouse's male, too. He's like, male, ugh. Of course. <laughs> Sniffs a second turd, <laughs> knows the length and like weight of the ma of the male mouse, and then the second one he goes beyond sniffing and he eats, 
and then he knows like something else, like a calcium <laughs> deficiency. <laughs> but he's just like criticizing this. I can't believe he's pooping in the dining room. He really eats yeah. poop <laughs> two seconds But then the last you see of Christopher Walken, and I want to know if Stevie caught this, but like literally the mouse has dragged him through the house and he's on the cusp of death. And the Great mouse walks. Great practical, by the way. Great practical. And it makes a CGI too. The mouse walks over his face and literally Shits lays on, one shit. small turd right. No, I believe it's on his philtrum. Oh, right where the Hitler is? Which, yeah, uh, vocabulary lesson for all the kids out there. Uh, the space between your lips and your nose, that's the philtrum. Don't spoil trivia. Not everybody has one. Jeez. And in this movie, you get to see a tiny turd <laughs> on Christopher Walken's upside down, burnt out face philtrum. It's great. The thing that made me laugh, though, was when the investigator said they found Christopher Walken locked in the locked in the trunk in the attic upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> like, <it's> just... <laughs> when they played back the tape. <laughs> no, no. Well, that's why I'm saying it can't be. It can't be the dad reincarnated because didn't they mention that there they found a the body? The previous owner was found. Uh, dead in the truck Locked in the up. attic. Yeah. yeah. Well, then why is the mouse trying to bring these two brothers together? Jeez. <laughs> because it's the dad <laughs> reincarnated. Mikey just blew that theory up, I thought. Yeah. There's multiple interpretations to Mouse Hunt. It's a deep movie. 2001 A Space Odyssey, Mouse Hunt. They're Maybe it's not there. reincarnation. His like, soul just inhabited that mouse's body. How about that? So, Pat, more slapstick. After (laughs) (laughs) You were a cat owner for a minute. What'd you make of Catzilla? Or even just a scene of buying Catzilla, which I think is so funny. Okay, but the scene when the little girl is screaming for her (laughs) Fluffy is tragic. That's so... (laughs) Fluffy, no! (laughs) She's being pulled away. Like, um, Also, so the... Uh, vet, the main or whoever it is, like the shelter runner, whatever. He's a famous character actor yes. too. He's been a lot of things. Um, but they have a whole wall of kittens, basically, and like, no, we want the the badass cats. And so they get Catzilla, who lives in a box, doesn't see the light of day, mostly, and when unleashed on the house, punches the sides of the box out and walks around like a uh. I, I don't even, like a, like a Kingdom Hearts villain yeah. or something like a cat <laughs> in the box. That. It's um, I mean, you know, that CGI looks pretty terrible. But the whole Catzilla bit, especially with the piano mm-hmm. later, which feels like something out of like a Tom and Jerry cartoon, is pretty funny. I like it. I like the shot of the cat in the box. It's like a puppet or something, but it looked very when he's coming out scared. of it and doing the Godzilla roar. Yeah, so funny. It's an ugly cat. The part where they're going to buy the cat, and you have that girl being like, Fluffy, no! And she's like crying down the hallway. I just, like, I don't know why, but it just makes me laugh how stone cold that guy is when he's going into like the degassing chamber and he comes back in. He's like, How can I help you, gentlemen? Just. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even like the production design of like the shelter, I guess it's like the pound, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's just stacks on stacks on cats. Like this is like when it feels very Tim Burton y. To me, like the whole look of this, like it's got this. This weird is what Josh's friend's barn used to look like. Aged look, yeah, exactly. 
No, it looks like the like library in the ring where she's like <laughs> researching. Yeah, it does. It looks exactly <laughs> like that. But the brothers are kind of um, going behind each other's backs. Lars is um, trying to keep the workers at the factory calm because he's pleading with them to not take a paycheck for two weeks, even though they absolutely need that to live. And Ernie's not much more help when he's like, what does he say? Light a fire. They hate fire. Yes. I don't know. There's a really funny line there. But Ernie's going on to meet the... uh, the other string magnets, who's string magnets, who's been trying to uh, buy the factory. Mikey, do you like this scene? Uh, the scene with the street. Yeah, with the hat. Yeah, the hat. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just more uh, physical comedy, uh, really. But Nathan Lane is trying to to make this deal behind his brother's back to finally sell this dying business for a decent amount of money. I don't know why they they're just gonna retrofit it to something better uh but they're trying to meet with these guys and these guys are like obviously in the mob yeah (laughs) i was gonna say like (laughs) they've only left the impression that they're mob connected and yeah it's just like meet me at this clock at so-and-so at noon or whatever and then he gets distracted and is flirting with these girls and then he loses his hat and gets hit by a bus in the street and then it just like they lose that opportunity to ever sell that string business. So like they've just, he's just dug themselves in a bigger hole. And I mean, it's not like his brother was going to ever go through with the deal. Anyway, he mm-hmm. kind of screwed it up too, but now they're definitely, there's no chance of that guaranteed money. Stevie. I love all of this from the moment that he <laughs> says you need to like show the old people fire and they'll be scared. They like fire. they're zombies. <laughs> <laughs> I did understand that. He's calling them zombies, and it's freaking hilarious. But then all the way up to, like, what was Mikey just talking about with the business? There's just, like, like, this, this like, standing offer from, like, these guys that are just portrayed oh yeah, by the mob guys. Oh, grand cash. The mo- you think they're mob guys, but they're, like, you know, your brother turned us down, and you treated us like this because he didn't show up to their meeting. So we're going to dot, dot, dot. And you think they're going to say, like, leave a horse's head in your bed or whack your family or feed your family and kids and wimpy burgers <laughs> like we heard in Thief. But no, they're like, because you didn't show up, we're going to uh, rescind our offer. <laughs> I love that. I just got to say, though, Steve, there's a lot of controversy in the thread on whether Nathan Lane was out or not at this point. Are we, are we really supposed to believe that Nathan Lane Nathan Lane is like flirting okay, with these girls? I'll, I'll be honest with you. You guys know this about my family. <clears throat> Video games were off limits, but when it came to movies, no media was off limits to me growing up. It's just the way it was. And um, I saw The Birdcage in 1996 in Florida. As a child... I pretty much knew Nathan Lane was gay. Like it just Timon is gay. I, I thought, yeah, confirmed. I thought that was like I thought that was like common sense. So like when Brett, when Brett's like, you know, not out Nathan Lane, it's like when was he ever in? So to be clear, Brett in the thread said not out Nathan Lane. You disagreed. There was a little fight, a little Brett, tiff. Brett was the food. only man on earth who didn't know that Nathan Lane was out. Brett <laughs> also just thought that Liberace was straight for years. <laughs> He's that heterosexual. He can't pick it up. 
But Stevie, are you uh, seriously though? Like this character is coded pretty gay, right? Like, yeah. I mean, he seems like a gay man, which is like, fine. Like Nathan Lane is one of my favorite actors, like of all time. So it just. <laughs> but are we supposed to believe this man would be waving his tie flirtatiously at these two hair models from Belgium? This is, this is a weird alternate universe where that kind of thing works. I guess. I do it's, like the chaos of the moving parts, though, where it's the camera angles to me are a lot of fun. When Nathan Lane's on a gurney looking around, having no idea where he is, and you see the two hair models like popping into frame and popping out. Then you have like <laughs> Lee Evans popping into frame just wearing April's dress. And I know it's cliche, but I do like the shot where Lee Evans is like stripped in the office and he's just carrying around yarn. And when April's ready to be taken or whatever uh, on the desk table, and he, I like that shot of him like dropping the yarn. I think this is a well-made what's, film. What's more objectionable to you, Josh, as a family man, the sexuality with that scene or the dead body flying at the beginning? Yeah, I think it gets pretty sexual here. We haven't talked about the uh, blouse reaching. Not yet, not yet. That'll happen later, but mm, I think the most sexual part of the movie is where she's like, she takes off some like duster <laughs> that she has on and she has lingerie underneath and she's like, take me. And then he's been naked because the factory dethreaded him <laughs> earlier. <laughs> we didn't really touch on that. He messes up so much in his own factory that his own machine like completely <laughs> bears him naked. I, I don't know how to describe it. You have to watch the movie, I guess, for that one. But uh, yeah, he drops the balls to reveal his own hanging balls, presumably, and uh, they get it on, and it's not appropriate for children. <laughs> like a nature documentary. He's pretty ripped. He is. Yeah, what's her problem? Why does like I don't know. She's a gold digger. She only liked him because she thought he was a rich factory heir. He was a string magnet. Yeah. That is as stereotypical as later in the movie when they're like two million to the Japan man. <laughs> <laughs> the, it's Mr. Pitt you're talking about. To the man from Japan. <laughs> Dude. There's some very stereotypical stuff in this movie. I, I'm not going to dice that apart, but that's pretty You mean funny. like the Houston oil magnet who's wearing a cowboy hat just doing yeehaws? Yep. I'll take you home, little lady. <laughs> but Josh, you never answered. Like, what's worse to you? Because like Steve said, it's like a four-quadrant film. I feel like this does play like better with like 10 maybe as a cutoff. <clears throat> but like, what, what, what age would you show? Honestly, at first I'm leaning towards like the sexual stuff, but because that is probably worse as far as like what you want your kids to do. It feels kind of unnecessary, right? Like, but, but, Pappy, the blouse scene goes on for a long time. <laughs> I think long. that they, I think that they would be kind of naive to a lot of that stuff. Like even the blouse thing. It's weird enough just thinking about sticking your hand down anyone else's shirt looking for a mouse, right? I think that's where they would take that. But a dead body coming out of a casket tossed up into the air and like... Yeah, but Nathan Lane has this O face when he's reaching down a woman's blouse. It's yeah, like, she puts his hand in her... She puts his hand in down her blouse for some reason. 
You've never been less believable, Nathan Lane, that touching a breast is erotic to you. I don't believe you. That part is going to be a little hard to explain away. But what I'm trying to say, boys, is if you're with little kids, you might, it might be better to laugh away or explain like a little sexual thing than it would be to like talk about death. Well, I'm covered. I'm never going to go to the movies with a child, so (laughs) (laughs) that's never going to happen. But after the whole hoopla of hospital, deals not being made, voicemails happen, Pap, what's the just absolute chaos that unfolds in the house when they're trying to kill the mouse for what seems to be the last time? So they are all out on killing this mouse. Guns are pulled out at this point. Brett's favorite Um, yeah, Brett was very into it. It's a it's a shotgun, I believe. Brett could tell us the exact model, but <laughs> I mean, it's an elephant gun. I I don't understand. I don't understand, Stevie, how they're able to like tear up the house to this extent, then make it an acceptable Larue that sells for like almost thirty million dollars. Like they they just wreak havoc on this house. I remember the molding was intact, Pat. He's shooting holes all over the floor. Well, did you see the temporary floor that they put down and then just threw a car- carpet over it? <laughs> Doesn't devalue the house yeah, it's in just any like way. Plywood. Yeah, they put beach. plywood from Lowe's down. <laughs> what are they doing? That's all I gotta do. <laughs> I do like that snappy dialogue though of, of you know, you've hit everything in this house but the mouse. Why don't you give somebody else a try with that gun? And just when he cocks it at his chin, I think you're doing a wonderful job. But um, <coughs> that well, was the. Uh, mm, I hated that part, man. You did. As far, dude, you don't pull a gun on your brother. No, you don't point a gun at anyone. That's terrible. They hate each other at this point. They were saying double hate. You point. do on the set of rust. That's a thing. Yeah. Oh, you can God. say infinity. Hate. Oh, dude, quit it. <laughs> <laughs> we're bleeping that out anyway. <laughs> But this is also when it gets super real. Like the brothers have their like acting moment together, right, Stevie? Mm-hmm. Like they're very like these are my daddy issues, yeah, type thing. Yeah, I made a huge rack of lamb for Pop. You know what he said? He was more excited about the string it was wrapped in. Like, <coughs> but the great callback though is you know shooting the gun and creating a giant crater. Because of Christopher Walken's big one he left in the house. I love that that shot. I think that's a great shot. That was cool looking. Kind of like the asteroid hits Earth, kind of just expanding outward blow up. I think that's great. If you don't laugh out loud at this, why <laughs> ain't you, why are you even watching movies? <laughs> <laughs> but the boys go to Lowe's, restore the house. It's auction night, baby. Mikey, what's the feeling in the room? What's going on? Uh, the boys are feeling pretty confident because they ended up... Well, we didn't mention that. They ended up par- like stunning this mouse and then... They couldn't kill and, it. Yeah, they didn't want to kill it because they ended up feeling bad about killing a living animal. So then they mailed it to, what, Cuba? But they didn't They didn't get the, the weight right or something Castro on the packet. Castro said no, the, go. 
Yeah, Not so just the, Cuba addressed to Fidel Castro himself. Yeah, that was sparking weird. an international conflict. I'll just open else. any old Amazon box that comes through his door too. Like as long as it's the right weight, he'll open up yeah. that anthrax box. So it gets immediately shipped back, and uh, the mouse ends up getting back inside the house and just like causing havoc eventually during this auction. But the guys are feeling pretty confident because. I mean, they've got like this guaranteed 10 million from this Russian guy. He's going to spend big. So they, they're pretty confident throughout the whole night. But they've done a terrible job restoring the house. It's so great when Mr. Pitts is trying to keep the auction together and Lee Evans is just losing his shit in the back. I laughed out loud both times. I watched this at that. I love Nathan Lane's seriousness when he's like, no matter what happens, keep going. Like Nathan Lane just knows. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what happens, keep going. No matter what happens, keep going. <laughs> what do you guys think about like the couple swapping kind of that Rick that rich Houston like cowboy hat wearing guy lands April? Because I think he's giving her the Heimlich and kind of touches her boobs. Cucks. So there's a lot of Lee Evans. Boob and ball grabbing here in this scene. Mm-hmm. But then Lee Evans' character like falls in love. I'm using that very loosely <laughs> with the spool-haired girl, <laughs> like <laughs> Belgian model or something. In the moment, in that room, in the chaos, it, it's it's fun. <laughs> Two parts that I think work amazing. I mean, like. As like an avid film lover, there's two amazing parts that I just like, yes, this is really cool. One of them's a line. They pour the alcoholic beverage on that girl's hair. It's about to um, it's smoking and it catches fully on fire and she's running around. The appraiser from earlier stands up and screams, <laughs> keep her away from the walls. That is good <laughs> shit. Like, and he's following her around as her hair is on fire to ensure that she gets nowhere near the molding. That and the part when it's just chaos ensuing and people are running around, there's this great kind of tracking shot with Nathan Lane running between rooms. And he's like on his knees, crawling, standing up and running. I thought that was a really good shot too. So I I was a big fan of the score and the chaos it was representing. The special effects of the wall giving out when the whole water rushing in, are pretty great. Like, apparently, they, like we're only supposed to do two takes of that. It took three takes, but just imagine like the the setup that takes. Right? It was like semi practical and stuff. Yeah. So it yeah, that's great too. The stuff with the mouse running inside the wall, running away from the water. I like that. <laughs> the floating. <laughs> I'm not saying this movie goes like all the way up to Captain Ron levels, Stevie. Mm-hmm. But you hit the nail on the head earlier, like. There's boob grabbing, there's <laughs> copped feels, there's like kind of a wet t-shirt moment. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot here in the chaos. Like Mouse Hunt. It got horny PG. at the end. It's it's a little bit of yeah. a PG horny movie. <laughs> I'm just gonna it got put it out really there. Really horny at the end. This movie got horny at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I know it's cheesy. I know it's not original. I know there's a scream behind Nathan Lane when he's saying it. 
but I still crack up every time when everybody's leaving and Nathan Lane is going, where are you going? This is just proof that, you know, you can never take down a LaRue house. And it just crumbles to the ground right behind him. <coughs> I do like that shot. This house will last for a thousand years. <laughs> Does this movie make anybody else anxious, by the way, a little bit? Like, do, do you guys feel like a little bit of that anxiety where they're just like, I think that might be why Brett hates it. Because of the money? So emotionally, well, I think it's so emotionally invested in the plight of the characters where it's like, this guy is being so stupid right now. I'm so frustrated with him type thing. I get a little bit of that. Like, almost like the uncut gems feeling, right? Where it's like, oh my God, what are you doing? Type thing. I got that during I get, uncut gems, yeah. I get anxious for the house. Like, I'm a sucker for like movies that feature a really cool house. And it's like, they're trying to rebuild this awesome house. And it's just getting <laughs> destroyed. It yeah, yeah, and it's like, ugh. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. Yeah, I don't like that. Like, I do love houses. It's like part of my job, and like seeing houses being constructed and like what they do with it, it's a really cool thing. It's I, a Larue. I love that kitchen in that house. I know it's probably just a set, but I thought that kitchen was just I, aces. I mean, the house is a character in itself in this movie, and it's mm-hmm. a really cool house. I love awesome movie houses, and this is like a really Casper. cool movie house. And the factory. I think the factory is cool too. It's a cool set. I'm pretty sensitive when I watch movies too, and I get really anxious during Uncut Gems. During Meet the Fockers is actually a big (laughs) one for me. But I got to say, this is not, even like if you just take what's happening in the auction itself and like what it's based on, it's like a win win for them. Anything they get over. $50,000, I guess, is like a huge, (laughs) huge takeaway. Yeah. And they, it's like a baseline of 10 million that just goes up from there. So (laughs) I know you're supposed to, like, and meet the Fockers, it's like a realistic ish, like, step parent or in law that's like giving you crap and you're like putting yourself in that position. But when it's a superhero mouse, I don't think. It's not having that quite same effect where I'm like empathizing quite as hard. Like it was just so fun. I thought the reason I don't get anxious after a certain point because I've seen this movie so many times is because these two brothers are so stupid. Like for their birthright per se, they weren't left any money, but they're so stupid they can't even fall into money. So I enjoy them yeah. like endlessly being able to just overcome that hump. If they, yeah, if they were smart, they would just forget about the mouse, renovate the house, and <laughs> just, yeah, like nobody's gonna find a mouse for like at least a week uh, in a newly renovated house or whatever you would hope. But here's a question for you, Stevie, too. Like a different movie would make you just hate April with all your guts, and that like Lee. Lee Evans' character would be like super depressed all the time, and that would be like a major like kind of point you would dip back into. Yeah. This movie doesn't like you still hate April, but it's not. It's more silly or something. I, I don't know how to. Well, put it, it. Ca- like, they kind of lay out April in the beginning, which is just. I mean, they don't give her a ton of agency or a huge character depth, which is just. I'm money hungry, and that's my aim. So, she's super secondary. 
to the point where I don't think we're ever supposed to really care about her to begin with. If they had like a kid together or you had a scene or two yeah, where no he ties. was like, if he was like really doting on her and she was like an asshole about it, but it doesn't seem like he cares about her too much. He just was really crazy about the fact they had like nice sex one time. Or <laughs> Seriously, I was surprised right? to see her at the auction. I was like, oh, I didn't think we we're going to see her after she leaves. But what is she? She's like a lawyer? She wants to know how much of the money she's getting, which is going to be half of a half. I think in her mind. <laughs> she can't breathe in the middle class, Josh. There's no air down there. <laughs> Pap, finish out this movie for us. What happens after the house gets destroyed? Yeah, it's a... Um, it's a nice little coda that we get here. It, it feels a little bit dated, maybe, when string cheese was a new thing. But the whole conceit is that you know they've lost everything, but they've gained their friendship as brothers, and they they pull the string, and they both have like a slight uh, a cord of the string, Share it. and the mouse follows them into the string factory, and Ratatouille <laughs> figures out a way. To make string yes. cheese, which now makes them, you know, obviously millionaires because string cheese is like the latest thing in the 90s, right? So now they have a string cheese empire, and Ratatouille <laughs> is a consultant in the company, a high-ranking board board member. And, and we leave, I don't think we've touched on this either, the old man shot, William Hickley, is painting, like changes expressions throughout the movie, and he's smiling. Now, it's a movie about brothers at the end of the day. How do you guys feel about this string cheese? Because it looks inedible. I've never seen string cheese in a ball. It sounds disgusting. It looks so gross. It does look gross. But string cheese is better the thinner it strings out. So if you didn't have to do that work yourself and it just kind of unraveled that mm, way instead of like is, pinching. This is some ropey, goopy looking string cheese. <laughs> the middle of that string cheese ball is the nastiest yeah, shit you could ever have. The imagine. core is just going to be and so disgusting. I know I'm going like, to locate myself or you know give that part out, but in Elkhart there's this restaurant called Michael's and they Ooh. have this cheese mm. they bring out. Mm. It's neon. It, that cheese looks like the ball of like the color of the ball of cheese in this movie. That's all I could think about. It looks delicious to me too. But I must say, I think this is the worst part of the movie. Really? The quality because, control? Uh well, yes, because they sh- they had uh <laughs> they had Nathan Lane's full and entire meltdown like like his complete breakdown of a character and psychological meltdown was off screen. He's now reduced to a mental patient talking to a mouse and they never explained that fully. But what I think is the worst part of the movie, Stevie is they've, they've had this little piece of string. It was the first string he like found in America before he made this highly successful string factory. And they tug the string and it like, Holes in two, right? Yeah. Well, to me, I'm like, oh, they have like this magic, infinitely replicating string. And like they had to become brothers to realize like this little magic trinket is like the key to the success of the factory. String. But 
But instead, you get the string cheese incident spurred on by a mouse. And I'm not a fan. And yeah, yes, that's a 90s fan. The brothers are so stupid. They're saved by a mouse chucking uh, a huge wheel of cheese onto this string, this string factory machine line. They're, they're still poor and dumb up until this mouse saves them. <laughs> Do you agree though, Pap? They had something with this like perpetual motion string that they just like threw away plot plot wise, or am I off my rocker here? Um, I think you're onto something, but I think what the bigger question I have is how smart is this mouse really? Super You know what I mean? Uh, Nathan Lane says at one point, This is not one ordinary mouse, but this mouse is I guess it's literally ratatouille. Like the mouse becomes a consultant in the company like becomes really the face I, of the company really I, I Mikey's right like these brothers are so stupid <laughs> that it comes down to a mouse <laughs> the mouse has a position on the board of the string cheese factory he's pivotal to the operation of this business okay if they don't become friends with this mouse he will destroy every fiber of their being the mouse right? has better they... lawyers than the brothers okay <laughs> this mouse is set up for life they thought they had killed the mouse, though. They never make peace with the mouse until the mouse gives the ma- them. Yeah, the mouse has only let them live. Pap, hear me out. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Hear me out. Hear me out. What are the chances that Lars is based off Michael Eisner and Ernie's based off Frank Wells? So, which one's Lars? The, the goofy, slapstick idiot one. Not Nathan Lane. Not Nathan Lane. Potentially. I mean, maybe. I, I, it takes, I, to be honest. It takes a mouse to bring these two to do anything. And they, Yeah, and they idiots. do have that line at the end. Aren't you watching this movie, though? It's like this movie could not exist in 2020. <laughs> like They would never make a movie with this much attention to like the practical set design detail, but also be you know, kind of silly and dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? That slapstick. Possibly. But um, before we get to our yes or no, do you guys have any final thoughts? No. Okay. Josh starts I meant. Oh. No, no, no. Go ahead. I do have. Go ahead. I have a final thought. Yeah. I mentioned this before the pod, so I thought I had already said it, but the line where Nathan Lane, he's referring to the mouse, he says, he's Hitler with a tail, he's the omen with whiskers, even Nostradamus didn't see him coming. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I have a final thought. Yes, please. (laughs) This is to you, Josh, who is the Christ-like character of Mouse Hunt. You have multiple characters put in. Potentially resurrecting. You've talked about crucifying mice already on this you podcast. Know, I'm going to dis- disqualify this movie. It's more of a re- re-resurrection, Hindu, Buddhist sort of movie. So, sorry. Mm. We'll have to edit that out. Just because that <laughs> flopped so hard. <laughs> Josh, who, Josh, who's the Christ-like character of this movie? Let's try again. Just gotta pick one. 
Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, you see uh, Christopher Walken getting poop laid on his philtrum. <laughs> see, there you go. He gets messed up. A real theological <laughs> reason behind your answer. I like it. When he was getting when he was getting dragged through the house and wood planks were just flying off his face. Yeah. I mean, it was much like Jesus carrying the cross through the, through the city and getting, you know, have food thrown at him and slapped and yeah, spit on. And some but, say that he was crucified upside down in the last you see of Christopher he's Walken. Down. He's framed upside down. I get it. Gore. The most real part of Blackout Passion of the Christ for me, episode 100, was when Jesus ate his own poop before he was crucified. That's With that choice. calcium deficiency. You are not allowed to say that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, um... Let's do our yes or no's, and let's start with Mikey. Yeah, it's a it's a definite yes. Uh, yes. I like all the practical stuff, and I like the CGI. I think the CGI is very good in this movie. Besides the one cockroach shot, Josh, calm down. Um, <laughs> but I think it's just funny. There's a lot of physical comedy. Uh, I like Nathan Lane. I think he's really funny. And... Uh, it's just like easy to root for the mouse in this movie, and I enjoy that. He's a cute little antagonist to the brothers, and uh, I think all of the CGI he's doing looks really good. And it's just like fun to see his like house, and I I love I love the uh, the set design. Like I said, I really like movie houses, really cool movie houses. And this is a definite. Uh, very, very awesome movie house in my eyes. So, it's a yes for me. Very cool. Let's go to Josh. Yeah, it's a yes. Quite a big yes. It's really, it's just a fun movie to watch. I was cynical going in because I don't really like quote kids movies. And I thought it was a kid's movie, and then even though it was a kid's movie, it still showed a dead body coming out of a casket <laughs> flying into the air. Um, I don't want to talk about dead bodies and cadavers with children, so it's not a kid's movie for me, but <laughs> it's a me movie now because just the changes in pace, the way this movie keeps you on your toes, just so funny. And, like, I think Ebert just has it wrong man like i think the fact that you don't know exactly who to root for is part of the beauty of this movie i think the fact you're simultaneously for him kind of giving the guys their comeuppance when they do stupid things and the fact that you can kind of relate to them wanting to get rid of this vermin is like a really strong part of it um despite the fact I have murdered mice throughout the years, like it's not that fun. I hate it every time. I think that mice are cute. I recognize that they are mammals and like I do think that Josh, you're trying to walk back two hours of mouse killing. (laughs) (laughs) I really too late, bro. I really think there's an intelligence there. And I think that for just some reason, whatever it is, life on Earth has us kind of pitted against each other as species. And I don't know. It's it's kind of sad, but like 
mice can't live in human homes. <laughs> the only way to get rid of them, man, is to really get rid of them. But anyway, big yes, Stevie. Thanks for bringing this to us. I don't think it's like the greatest movie of all time, like you've claimed. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> also, if, Christmas if you, movie, there's one line about Christmas. Makes it a Christmas movie. And there's... And there's some like soundtrack Christmas stuff, but I I would consider this a Christmas movie, and I would consider it Stevie even in the upper echelon of Christmas movies. So thanks for bringing this Good to spoilers. Deal. Happy, hard yes, I would say this movie goes down very easy. Gore Verbinski's filmography, what a fucking crazy shit show it is. Like when you look across it, but. I think there's way more attention to detail than most 90s comedies of this level. And I think even now, like a Netflix comedy or a straight-to-streaming comedy that occupies this space isn't as good as Mouse Hunt. It's a well-made film overall. A lot of setup and payoffs is scripturally smart. And I think Josh really touched on something there where it's like, who is the good guy? Right? You kind of root for the mouse. You kind of root for the brothers. People have arcs. I like it. Glad, good pick, Stevie. Glad I watched it. Definitely yes. Good deal. Um, this is a hard yes for me. I just, as an overall movie, I think it's a really well-made movie. You know, you could say, you know, our characters are stupid. This is slapstick. But, you know, the, the editing, the cameras, the acting is great. I just think the movie looks great. It plays great. Like you said, Pap, it's really easy to consume. Um, it's a funny movie. I think this movie has heart here and there. Uh, and there's some great snappy dialogue movies that I just, I eat that shit up. So hard, yes. Probably my second favorite Nathan Lane movie. I will be picking my favorite Nathan Lane movie probably in the next few months or so. So be on the lookout for that. But... What food does that make this, Stevie? That's some brie, baby. That's some brie cheese. Bring me my Gouda. Bring me my Gouda. (laughs) (laughs) I also had a very tasty looking sandwich in one scene. Oh, when he was carrying it? Yeah, top tier looking sandwich. Ratatouille confirmed. And (laughs) Only steamed one side of the arugula or whatever. That's a great line, though, because he's a chef. Like there's these little details like that that make this a great movie. But one thing that's stupid, Stevie, is he's pretty much like a salesman, but he's a chef. Like, okay. Well, I mean, how good of a chef is he though? Did he just like sell his way to the top? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. His brother does call him a terrible cook later yeah. in the movie, and it seems to strike a chord. Oh, are y'all ready for some poor man's Jeopardy? BBJ. Okay, in the Skype chat, I gave you guys a link. Click on that. I think I'll be in here. No anonymous aardvarks. All confirmed users here tonight. Did, have we done that before? Yeah, there's a whole thing on an earlier episode. Who's this guy? <laughs> I couldn't remember the order. Do you guys remember? Stevie is the most recent with Mouse Hunt, followed by Corey with Boondock Saints, then Mikey with Hunt for Red October, 
then Josh with the stranger, then Brett with the burbs, then Pappy with the ring. And there's no longer any controversy. Josh can stop bitching about who owes who a pick. So Pappy goes last, right? Or for- Correct. Okay, yeah, Pappy goes last. Or first. Well, first. What's what the advantage? I want first. You want first? Yeah. Yeah. Pat, me, Josh? Or Pap, Josh? Pappy, Josh, That Mikey? doesn't mean you just delete Mikey from the whole spreadsheet and replace me with Pat. Oh. Uh, let, him, let him work, Josh. Let me cook, bro. I'm a chef. <laughs> let <laughs> me cook. Josh. <laughs> okay, Pappy, you go first. Our categories tonight, we have three of them. Nine questions mm. total. Is three for Vendetta. I will be giving you a movie. You have to tell me who the villain is of that movie. Mm-hmm. I have Be Kind, I'm Blind. These are all about blind situations, blind characters, or blind happenings in movies. And then The Nice Mice. All questions about mice in film. Great category names. So three blind mice, but yeah. <laughs> I feel like V for Fendetta would have worked because it's like villains. I know, but it's three blind mice, Josh. I get it. That's good. That's good, too. Three for Vendetta, so it's all, you know, yeah, okay. I like them both. Okay, yours is good. Okay. I'll take the nice mice for one, please, Stevie. The nice mice for one. This is the original name Walt Disney was going to give Mickey Mouse. Mortimer Mouse? That is Mortimer Mouse. Who is is Mortimer Mouse? That is correct. Good job, Pap. Mortimer Mouse, comma, who is Mortimer Mouse? I would have said Tugboat (laughs) Willie. Steamboat Willie. Oh, Steamboat Willie. Josh, you are up. Tugboating Willie is like a sex boot. Yeah, definitely. Three for Vendetta for one Vendetta. Okay, I'm going to give you a movie. You have to give me the name of the villain. Ready? Yeah, sure. Rocky Three. Drago. (laughs) Who is Drago? Drago, comma, who is Drago? Josh, that is wrong. Answer I was looking for is who is Clubber Lang? What? Oh my God! Would you have accepted Mr. T? I would have accepted. Drago is Drago is four, right? Drago is four. (laughs) Man, see, last game I took my time on the trivia and Stevie yelled at me. (laughs) Gosh. Uh, Mike, you said it in an Orson Welles accent. Would you have gotten it then? Uh, I'll just clear out the ones. Give me be kind, I'm blind. This is the movie Al Pacino won an Oscar for, playing a blind person in a courtroom drama. What is Scent of a Woman? That is correct, Mikey. Good job. Nice, Mikey. Crowd goes wild. (laughs) See, everyone everyone shits on me. They're like, make your trivia too hard. No, this is good. It is really hard, though. <laughs> uh, I'll take the nice mice for two, please, Stevie. Nice mice for two. This is the name of the overweight mouse in the Disney animated film Cinderella. I, I don't know. Um, Corky, who is Corky? Comma, who is Corky? 
Incorrect. Looking oh. for who is Gus Gus? Gus Gus. Gus Negative Terrible one. Character. Thick guy. He's he's thickums for sure. Thick boy. <laughs> Josh. I'll take uh three vendetta villains for three. Gotta get myself oh. out of this. Josh trying to lose quick. Man. Back to the Future 3. Mm. Take your time. Okay. Who is Mr. Tannen? <laughs> I hate you so much. You gotta give me more than that. Who is Elder Tannen? <laughs> Great Grandpa Tannen. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> I said who is, man. I didn't even he use a comma. He is great grandpa. He is great grandpa. Half points. Let's go to let's let's go to the other boys. What do you guys think? He said who is Tannen? Well his last name <laughs> is Tannen. That's who I would have said. I would have just said. That, is, his, that counts on Jeopardy. He is his great grandfather. I think that counts on that Jeopardy. That counts. I don't like it, but it counts. Josh with the big three. It was the great-grandfather of Biff Tannen <laughs> named Buford Mad Dog Tannen. Dude, I almost said grandpa, and I almost said great-great-grandpa. So that was That's a stroke the only of reason you luck got that. and inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a crowd booing. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> yeah, on, just one man. guy in the audience. I had to give it to him. I had to. Uh, My turn? Mikey, yep. Mm, let's. I'll do three for Vendetta for two. Come on. Toy Story 3. <laughs> Sid. Uh, it's. Teddy Bear, but I don't know his name. Who is... <coughs> who is... Brother Bear? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what his name is. <laughs> Sorry, that? Mikey. Yeah. That is incorrect. This man smelled of strawberries. We were looking for Lotso Huggin' Bear. Ah. Uh, I would have never remembered that. Josh in a commanding lead right now. Wow. Huge choice by Pappy. One round left for each. But someone could screw Josh. I'm, I kind of want to see where this goes. I'll take Be Kind and Blind for two. <laughs> <gasps> okay. Funny man Will Ferrell played this character who went blind after tripping over a camera wire and hitting his head while ice skating. Name this character. Um, the movie's Blaze of Fury. Fuck, I'm gonna kick myself when I hear it. God, oh, it's him and the guy from uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Um, who is Jackson? That is incorrect, Pappy. Looking for Ron Burgundy. This happens in Anchorman 2. Ah, it's not Blades of nope. Fury? Damn it. 
Dang. What it tricked me. So be kind and blind two is gone. Who's the who's the main character from Blades of Fury, Stevie? Do you know? Chaz Michael Michaels? Oh. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> yeah, I know. Josh, you are How oh my gosh. We should have the... never gave you that. <laughs> All I got to do is have Mikey miss, <laughs> which I will. <laughs> I'm going to take the, oh gosh, the mite, the nice mice. In Ratatouille, main character Remy the mouse has a brother. What is his brother's name? Oh, Jesus, dude. Um... We said this frequently on the podcast. Really? Yeah, I said his name at least five times. Did he? This doesn't give it away, but did he die in that movie? Did he get like sucked down the drain or something? Nope. What happens to him? (laughs) They meet up later. They're friends. They're best. (coughs) They're best buds. Oh, he helps them out of like the mess at the end. Gosh. Um. For some reason, this name popped in my head when you said this, but I'm pretty sure it's wrong. So I'll just say, who is Roger? Well, they're in France. Um, so Roger is incorrect. The name we're looking for is, um, who is Emile? Uh, I meant to say, who is Rashid? They would have accepted that. <laughs> Mikey, you ready? <laughs> yep. Be kind, I'm blind for three. In the Denzel Washington movie, The Book of Eli, Denzel Washington is carrying around what he calls the most powerful weapon in the world. It is a book. What book is he carrying around for most of that movie? Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, but... I th- uh, what is the Bible? Wow. Champion! Mikey gets it. Unbelievable. Wow. Mikey, Isn't it specifically like the book of Elijah, though? It's the book of Eli. <laughs> no, it's the it's the Bible in Braille. <laughs> oh, in Braille, right. Yeah. That's the for three question? <gasps> Mikey with the comeback at the end. This is so exciting, folks. I cannot tell you. <laughs> what an exciting time to be alive. Well, Josh, that sucks for you. <laughs> it really does. We're going to give Mikey a chance to think of his next movie he's going to pick. After Lord of the Rings, most likely, but we won't tell you that now. Take it away. Spoilers, man. Special thank you to our patrons. Nick. Wow. I almost feel sorry for the little fella. Druid King. Don't touch me. Matt Troll. Get me my Cuda. The Meg. My most prized possession. David. Closer together. Ah! Brother Brian. Brothers. Nurse Stacy. 
Stevie's sick and sleepy. Let's do this. And we're back. Mikey, what do you have for our listeners next? Well, uh, hopefully it's still on HBO, but I think we, and it might be uh, a little far away, but hopefully we can do Matrix Resurrections because that'll be streaming. Oh, wow. I'll do Matrix Resurrections and hopefully it's still streaming and relevant and not bad by the time we get around to it <laughs> Jeez, i have a lot of hopes i saw pap tweeted today that he thinks it's gonna be bad it looks so bad the new trailer looks terrible it looks awful. i have not seen but it looks hilarious too so good pick have we done all of them we did the first one we've only done the we've first only done the one. first we haven't okay. done reloaded or revolutions this is also the freshest movie for a movie pick in a long time which i'm very excited <laughs> about it couldn't be fresher all right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. I know it ran a little long, but quite frankly, I love talking about movies that I love. So thank you for listening. Please be on the lookout for Lord of the Rings or Mikey's hosting of Matrix Resurrections. Um, yeah, and thanks for listening. That was spoilers. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Spider-Man, E.T., and this are three movies that could potentially come out between now and Lord of the Rings. Well, and Boondock Saints. I'm just trying to think of like when this... Is gonna be so I can think of like something seasonal. Seasonal, late, I guess not. Late January, early mid February. Optimistic to pessimistic. Stevie, what's up? Hold on, can I get a just a clean cut there, Pappy? Mm. Your mic kind of sounds like garb, weird garbage. Does it? Uh, I sounds good to me. Everyone else, sounds good to me. I thought it. Is it okay. me? It's, Jeez, no, weird garbage. No. no, it just sounded like it was over, like you were peeking out. But if you're good, There's check, check, check. Test, test, test. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Bup, bup. You, you good? It, maybe My bad. You're weird garbage, Josh. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I didn't leave all s- of this in. Send Josh to Cuba <laughs> in a cigar box. We need receipts on Josh. <laughs> all right, clean entry. Back. When we look, no when we look back on this, staying in. We're gonna be like, this was the moment we thought Josh was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. But opening question. That was spoilers. Scare it forever.